Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 2. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the Private Security Professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective Executive Protection Agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom! Yo, what's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here. Hope you guys are ready to uh, have a good show, man. Welcome to another episode of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I'm excited to do these things this way. It's one of my favorite ones. But first, before we get too deep in it, uh, just so I know you guys actually can hear me, and uh, we are actually good, and we are actually live, why don't you give me a seven, seven, give me some lucky sevens in that comment bar to the right, just so I know you guys are here and you guys can hear me. The cool thing about these types of podcasts that I'm doing now is the interactive component. So, uh, oh, that's what's up, Brad, Barrett, good to see you guys. Anthony, seven, 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 man, boom, thanks for the invite, Callie. Yo, where is everybody from? Out, out here in this crowd, man. Where's everybody? Where's everybody here? From we got nothing but sevens. Uh, Shane O'Brien, we got all kinds of sevens. Yo, what's up? Everybody's rolling in hot, man. Where are you guys from? Let me. See. Okay, we got Marshall, Texas. Loud and clear. Scott says he's got me loud and clear. Yeah, man. Me and Josh are looking forward to to just mixing it up. New Zealand, Australia, Sydney in the house, Texas, Boston, Detroit, OC, California, Anthony, yo. Uh, who else we got? We got Austin from New York, Barrett from Phoenix, Arizona. We got we got people from all over, man. So this is nice. So if you guys have any other guests you want to suggest or know any other heavy hitters from around the world, boom, you know, please, by all means, let me know. Let's all get connected. Let's like make the whole industry better on an international level. So without any further ado, man, how you doing, Josh? I'm good, right? How are you? Yeah. No, I'm good, man. I love doing this stuff. So it's any day I can put out some content and like try to make a contribution is a good day for me in this game, man. So it's I'm glad we're able to work together on this one for sure. Absolutely, man. It's very cool to uh, be able to speak across the globe. Yeah, it's a, a small industry, but a big space. <laughs> that's true, man. No, that's a good way of, of looking at it. And thanks for reaching out to me, man. And I'm always, I'm always honored when you know people reach out to me uh, to do things like this. So that's awesome. So I guess uh, just jumping into it, brother. Um, you know, why don't you give a little background, and then I'll give a little background for those folks who don't really know who we are. You know. Yeah, cool, man. So my name is Josh Reeve. I'm the founder and owner of Empire Protection, which is based in Australia. Been in the game roughly 20 years, uh, background in federal law enforcement, state corrections, 
uh, and then the private circuit. Basically started a company in uh, about 2013 after doing freelance circuit and realizing that um, even with some major global providers there, that, that there were still gaps in the market and there were people claiming to have this, you know, this global product that's been around 100 years or 200 years or whatever it might be, but it's had holes in it. We still had clients, you know, with, with uh, unsatisfactory results and, and we found there were times the clients were requesting, you know, the front on service, but not appreciating the back end service. Um, so the company started originally as a, as a vehicle, I guess, for, for the network of, of guys to, to have a vehicle to operate through. Um, and then it's expanded to where it is now. Awesome, brother. When you say, nah, I mean, now we're all getting into conversation, but when you say like gaps in the market, what gaps did you see out there um, that caught your attention? I think it's in the, the standards of service delivery, man. Like, you know, the, the products are there. EP is a product. We all know what it is. Everyone delivers, you know, the basic version of EP, but it's in the it's in the standards. It's in, it's in the, the, the client side. And, and the client-facing side is one aspect. You know, when you're a sole operator, it's like all you have to worry about is your client and your team. Is your client happy? Is your boys happy with you? Uh, and, and that's all you have to worry about. You get to bed if that's done, that's sweet. When you're a business, it's the admin, it's the logistics, it's the back end. It's like, did you book the right hotel room? Is the car satisfactory? Is the is the invoice okay? Is your terms and conditions all right? You know, and, and yeah. Some of those things can be tough when you're, when you're doing it across time zones and communication could be slow and, and all those things. And I think a lot of companies just weren't getting that right. Um, you know, there's great operators out there, but if you're let down by the, by the back end, then, you know, it, it reflects badly on everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to find out, you know? Yeah, no, man. We see the same thing up here in the U.S., man. We see the same exact thing. Uh, and it's I, I, I think it's just a, a consequence of our market, you know, like, Ground pounders want to get in and do the do the work, and sometimes they skip a few steps, and then next thing you know, it's like, yo, I mean, do you understand the business aspect of it, the admin and logistics aspect of it, and and sometimes I think they don't realize the repercussions of certain actions. It's like, yeah, I can just say yes to my client, get it done, you know, however the client wants it for whatever price the client can pay, just to get the work, and and it's like it's like you know, it's like they don't realize that they're damaging the whole market sometimes by doing things like that, uh, you know. A hundred percent. And I think people don't understand who the key players are sometimes. Like if you've got a corporation and a client, you might think, oh, that CEO or that board member is my client, right? They're not the client. They're not the guy that pays the bills. They're your client operationally. Yeah. It could be the EA, it could be the CFO, it could be, you know, somebody in the business that's authorized your, <clears throat> your invoice, that's authorized your operation. Yeah. And sometimes people don't pay attention to who that is. And that's mm-hmm. the person you need to keep happy. That logistics guy that's a couple down the chain. Okay, cool. I think the connection issue was there. So anyways, you guys, real quick, uh, just for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Byron Rogers. Um, I am a CEO up here in the Orange County, California region. Um, I've been in executive protection since 2008. It's the only job I've ever had after being infantry in the Marine Corps. Uh, I've built, you know, I built kind of cut my teeth out here. I've also worked in the East Coast, Miami area in that market. You know, I've done executive protection since I was 21. Now I'm, I'm 34. Now I've got a school called an online school called the Executive Protection Training Day. It's really more than just training. It's a success package. We teach you how to do everything from get your resume put together, 
all the way up to interviewing and then we teach social dynamics interfacing with clients interfacing with teammates uh how to really win in the industry not just how to do executive protection how to build your own brand in executive protection so you have options over your career so that's what that school is all about then you get a network and we do our careers together and i coach you for the rest of your your career um i've also built the protector nation which i'll be rolling out it's an ongoing uh continued learning educational platform for protectors uh all the soft skills everything that you can learn through a computer about how to be a sophisticated protector and i've done a number of large live events called the protector symposiums um, and those are regardless of background for everyone you can find out more about those online at protectorsymposium.com you can find all my stuff at byronrogersmotivation.com um, and to join the school training day uh, you can also go to uh, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com but all of it through my website you should have contact with and access to now I service a number of clients out here in Orange County, California I've successfully conducted operations in over 70 countries easily and um, I'm also a published author uh, of a book called Finding Meaning After the Military and a double psychology major. So if you guys, the one of the cool things about what we're doing here today is we got comments. You guys can interact with us. And so that's one of the most beautiful things. So anytime you guys have a question or want to make a comment, send it in the chat section over there on the side of your screen while it pops up on the side of the screen for us and uh, go for it. We have executive protection training day, a must have course for executive protection professionals. If you're not signed up, for it please do it's worth it so much more than uh price hey uh it will set your it will set your game up michael rowan man thanks so much for the endorsement that's he's one of the guys that i work with inside of the uh training day success package in the league of executive protection specialists um and he's you know he's doing good out there so uh it's an honor to train with these guys man and i i don't think of myself as like an instructor i'm, I'm more like up here that's going through my career with you guys and i just want to contribute what i know you know so heck yeah man thanks so much for saying that michael but yeah if you guys have any questions make sure you leave some say some things so we can interact with you but anyways that's enough about me that's enough about our format let's jump into it the way we're going to do this is me and josh are going to go back and forth with some questions and are you actually are you going to ask me questions josh or am i just blasting questions today yeah man okay, okay cool Cool, 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 cool. I'm gonna hit jumper. And we just—he's gonna hit me up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just gonna shoot from the hip and just roll with it, man. Solid, man. So I just asked you one. What do you got for me, brother? Look, I guess, man. The first one I want to hit up is—is is, I guess a, a current topic for you guys. We hear so much on the news over here about all the riots and, and everything that's happening in various places across the states. And I guess um, that's something that over here we're not really, um, you know, confronted with domestically. Um, with this work throughout Asia and, and some of those things present, but I, I guess we get those news about about Portland and Seattle and all those things happening, and and yeah. I guess I wanted to get your perspective on how that impacts. I mean, it, it, it's a, a factor in itself, but how does that impact you guys in the industry? And, and um, you know, some of those things are, are such big incidents. How does that uh, relate to the guys operating in those places? Dude, it's been amazing. <laughs> so like. All the, well, you know, I mean, it's the private security industry, industry, right? So like all the chaos and mayhem as a business owner, right? So I have, I got people calling me being like, yo, I need, 
you know, a four-man team here. I need a five-man team here. Now, it's not all executive protection necessarily, but the fear in the air and all these crazy things destabilizing our way of life essentially just validate the model. So then I got my private clients that are like, yo, you know, I I need more guys. Like, we need to make sure we got two guys on at night. We need, you know, like all of a sudden it's like, it's not like where it once was like, what do these security guys even do? And you got to do KPIs, key performance indicators. And you got to do all these things to be like, look, we're worth something and we're busy. Now it's like, yo, we love you guys. Thanks for doing your job. You know, <laughs> like they come down the street. You got us right. And we're like, yeah, actually, yeah, we've been here the whole time. You know? So in my, in, so within the portfolio of clients that I work with, anything gathering centric crushed. That was hard. That was bad, right? But everything that's like family centric, in some ways, corporate centric, corporate stuff kind of got shut down a little bit. But then on the flip side of that, clients with corporate structures were like, yo, I need bodies. I need you guys to make sure they don't go to my, my, my office building and start breaking windows. So then like other accounts came. So I guess if I was going to say the lesson would be like Dave Chappelle was, you need to diversify your bonds, <laughs> but but like you gotta stay diverse in your in your relationships and connections because who knows what compartment of the industry gets hit next and where you need to shift to. So widening those, have making sure you have diversity in your relationships and clients, huge for this type of thing, man. Yeah, that's has, what has that been extra difficult with in the COVID world? Um, you know, with all the social distancing and all the extra measures, um, you know, the safety things you have to put in place as a company for the COVID measures and then trying to go into a riot space where obviously those things aren't really occurring. Um, yeah. Is that like a double-edged? Weirdness? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I think the biggest friction point with COVID was like, one, it depends if you have a client that's ultra sensitive to it, then you really, you know, got to make sure you're doing the song and dance with sterilization and checking temperatures and all the PP&E and all that. Um, that's the, that was the big friction point, you know, and then wearing those masks all day and things like that. Uh, the other piece of it is just like um, making sure that you have an actual strategy for if something happens, what you're going to do, enforcing those protocols, social friction around someone showing up that actually has a kind of high temperature, you know, because one of my accounts in a hot place, you know, we bang, hit them with a the thermometer and we're like, I don't think we can let you in. And it's like, now I'm going to have to upset this person and the client over this COVID thing, you know, like, you know, what's going on? Like, and, you know, we would like cool the thermometer. <laughs> like we would kind of like be like, let's make sure we get an accurate reading. Why don't you come inside for a little bit? And then, you know, so we had to kind of, yeah, do some things to make sure, you know, all the equipment was working right. We're getting good reads and things, but it can put you in an awkward situation, you know, um, and just more protocols, which are more things that can go wrong, you know? So, you know, that's where I saw it really impact. Um, I did have a few guys that were really concerned about it and we gave them time off and did lose some like manpower here and there. Um, but overall, I, and no one got it and no one was negatively impacted by it. Right. But, uh, sure. you know, maybe some guys took it as an opportunity to have some time off. I don't know. I don't know. I, heaven forbid, <laughs> you know, 
I'm sure that's not what they did, but maybe, you know? God bless them. Um, so those are some of the things. How about you guys down there, man? How did it hit you guys? So our numbers aren't, you know, anywhere near comparable to America's. Obviously, our population's less, but even percentage-wise, I think our numbers are yeah are really low. But our, our government took a, a pretty extreme approach to it um, very early on. So we went into a, an early series of, of pretty strict lockdowns. Um, yeah. Internal state borders shut, international borders shut. Um, so now we're having trouble even transferring in between states uh, internally. Um, and, and where I am in Melbourne, um, we had what they're referring to as a second wave after we kind of got rid of it, um, mm-hmm. uh, which probably a topic we'll get into because it directly relates to the security experience. But um, yeah, essentially, we had the second wave and, and we ended up with a few thousand cases in, in, in Melbourne. And, and we're at a point now where we've got nighttime curfews. You're not allowed to leave your house unless it's for like a central meeting. Okay, I think he's gone again. Yo, let me hit up some of these questions right quick. Well, we got a couple minutes, and Josh comes back to us. Uh, peer coaching is most effective very often. Yes, it absolutely is. I'm going to throw you guys a link to my training day course so you guys can check that out when you have time. Um, as a professional EP agent, let's see here. As a professional EP agent, do high end clients. Mr. Keith, I'm not quite sure if you're asking a question or making a statement there. Uh, Bobby Willis, I'm a PI in Atlanta. How can this benefit me? Uh, private investigation work along with, um, sometimes bounty hunting type of other jobs that bail bonds work that have to do with, um, like they're related fields, essentially. You'll find that a lot of executive protection agents have both PI licenses as well as executive protection licenses in their states. Um, You might have a client that needs executive protection. Um, I'm just answering, hey, Josh, good to have you back. I'm answering Bobby Willis's question. Oh, I think he just slipped again. You might have a client, Bobby, that is, hey, I need protection, but then they have a stalker. And then it's like, hey, time to go on ahead and look into the stalker and you can do that because you're a PI much more effectively um many times we have to use third-party pis to do things it just makes you more valuable in terms of your capabilities bobby and then depending on what state you're in you actually get you know sometimes you have to get a pi license in order to carry concealed in certain states and things like that so it's definitely a value add bobby something you should throw on your resume something you should throw on your marketing material kevin cheyenne uh portland oregon has been a mess trying to coordinate with police and keep company entities safe and secure. Yeah, man, I would have to agree with you, Kevin. That's what my guys in Portland were telling me. The thing is, though, there's so much work, like private security centric, not necessarily EP, but private security work that's come out of the chaos. You know, I'm talking to guys on a scale of one to 10 that would be like sixes that I normally wouldn't even be talking to. They're looking at me like, you know, Maybe could it pay a little more an hour? Like, you know what I mean? Like I had to go, I had to look, I had to look through bodies during, during that time. Um, And really, really do, I had to go into hyper interview mode. My workforce probably expanded almost doubled during that time, you know, and now it's back down to normal. But 
Uh, the cool thing about the riots and all the craziness is, you know, the demand for security and then the clients understanding the importance of good security, uh, I believe, like really went through the roof. So uh, more appreciation. But yeah, man, things in Portland, from what I've heard, uh, have been crazy. I'm sorry you guys are dealing with that like that over there, man. And I, and I also wonder if there's going to be a segment of the market that as a result to, of law enforcement, then um, maybe pulling back that security might be able to occupy. That's hopefully less friction with the public, but something we can do to maintain a, a sense of order on some levels, right? Bigger market share for us. That could be positive for us. Um, but my heart goes out to those dudes out there too, man. Do high-end clients consider you uh, expendable no matter how good of a relationship you have with them? Mr. Kenneth Peterson. Uh, the reality is high-end clients, some of them, um, maybe don't consider you expendable. You can form long-lasting, almost like familial relationships with your clients, but you should never, ever think that that's what's going on. Probably the thing that will allow you to form a relationship like that is going to be the respect they see, uh, Mr. Kenneth, of you always making sure they know that you know your role and your place. And you, if, if you can always respect the fact that I am your employee, I'm here to serve you, I'm here to take care of you and protect you, and you never get too familiar with them, there's a much more increased probability that through the safety of you keeping those boundaries and parameters and being a consummate professional, you will create a higher quality relationship with them than just a simply work relationship with them. So the clients that one client is like almost like a father to me in some ways. Right. Um, and I've known him forever, you know, since the beginning of my career. Um, and, and he's contributed more to my life probably than many other people, uh, than really top three contributors to the well-being that is my life now. Right. But that's only in place because I am always an agent to him and he's always a client to me. So, um, the answer to that is technically, yes, it can happen. But the second you think or act like it has happened, that they look at you more than just an agent, you will make a mistake that will get you fired and mess it up and or they will smell it and it will destroy the relationship. So social dynamic stuff we cover in training day, man. It's a good question. Kevin, I spend a ton of time consulting within the company, probably about the COVID-19 stuff. Yeah, it sucked up a lot of time and bandwidth. Uh, and assets, putting plans in place, and uh, dealing with COVID-related issues um, that weren't, in my opinion, not necessarily security-centric issues, but we constantly had to kind of clean that up, right? Anthony, let's see here. Sorry I'm interrupting. Will this be viewable later on tonight? Anthony, to answer your question, I'm going to send this out. Uh, I'm going to send this out in the normal uh, podcast, the normal podcast, uh, like, uh, lineup, you know, so I'll drop this in about a week so when we do these lives, you know, it's good to have everyone here just to like talk live. Like we're doing right now. I'm actually really enjoying this. I'm going to do this more often, but I also publish these on the executive protection lifestyle pod podcast, which I'm about to actually put another link down inside the comments. So if y'all uh, haven't started following that podcast. You guys can start doing that. We're on our second season right now. 
probably it is the most listened to podcast in executive protection no big deal by the grace of god it's worked out um and uh it's just one of the best executive protection educations in my personal opinion that's out there because you learn from people who are doing it um hopefully josh is able to get back in here but i'll keep uh i'll keep on hammering on these questions so let's see here you guys keep asking and we'll just keep doing this until josh comes back uh consulting anthony uh sorry i'm in austin no negative copy on josh not hearing josh all right we got scott tyler it's great having two high caliber industry leaders for this discussion i'm thinking it would be beneficial for you guys to discuss the importance of developing your soft skills and how you both worked on these rapport building how to influence clients towards more secure habits processes etc yo scott tyler very good uh very good topic very good uh uh you know direction to point the conversation right um you know let's see if we got him i think josh is coming back in i'll kick this one new to audio story uh, the internet connection in the yo i got you what's awesome. the internet connection in the western world over here man <laughs> yeah no worries man no worries it's all good in the hood so we got a question from scott tyler i think it's a great one um bop, 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 bop. He is talk. He wants us to talk about. I think it would be beneficial for you guys to discuss the importance of developing your soft skills and how you have both worked on these rapport building skills and how to influence clients, things like that. Uh, what do you think, man? Go ahead. I'll jump on it in a second. Well, I think even from the recruitment point of view, the we say the aptitude and the attitude is more important than than uh, those hard skills in a lot. Of- cases because hard skills can be taught um there's a lot of guys out there with the the, the law enforcement or the military background um you know and 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 those skills are important um but they can be you know quite common there's a lot of guys coming out of those spaces um it's can you couple that with those soft skills because it's the soft skills that, that get us through repeat business um that the client doesn't see the things you do if, if you're fighting off an attacker, chances are the client's not even seeing that because he's been disappeared, you know. And uh, and it's important. I'm, I'm not I'm not knocking those aspects, but um, you know, it's, it's you, you hear guys all the time talking about oh, I'm not going to carry bags or I'm not here to run errands or whatever. And it's like we are, you know. That's, that's <laughs> obviously when it's safe to do so. Obviously, don't detract from your duties. But if you've got to do it, you've got to do it, you know? And, and I think it's putting away that ego. Um, I'm not sure if it was Gavin DeBecker or somebody I was listening to once said, if you're protecting a client for 10 days and at one point in that 10 days, there's a physical altercation that might take one hour. There's still 239 hours left of that task that require the soft skills. So while that one hour might be the most important, the other 239 hours, they still matter. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole conversation. Well, what I say all the time is, man, your hard skills may save lives. Soft skills get you paid. 
uh, that is huge with regards to, and that's the game. That's like, you know, that's how the best, that's how you stay in the stand game. That's what we're doing here. Now, with regards to gaining rapport, this comes from maintaining your professional relationship and showing their affectatious that you have efficacy, that you're effective, that you can be trusted. Okay. And so when your client sees that they can trust you to be professional, they can trust you to be proficient, they can trust you to be efficient, they can trust you, your judgment in a number of different situations, you know, to make the right call, to make their brand look good and things like this, then you gain the type of rapport you need in order to be able to have the respect you need to do your job. What I mean by that is you might be like wanting to say, sir or ma'am, I think we should go to the left. I think this is a good idea. I think this is a bad idea, you know, and inject yourself in various processes that can um, lend more safety to the client, you know, and control dynamics, you know, where, you know, they want to do something that's just da inherently dangerous and you can, you can guide things. You can do your job better. Um, but that, all of this stuff comes from managing perception and working on your professional relationship. I think where a lot of guys mess up is they start trying to build parallel relationships. Like, let's build a friendship. Maybe if you like me, you'll keep me around. No, no, no. You don't want them to like you. You want them to respect you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can like you. That's cool. But I, I would choose respect over liking because liking is some seasonal type stuff. Yeah, I mean, liking, there's a lot of variables in liking. You know what I'm saying? Respect. Hey, you know what? Maybe he is annoying. Maybe he made a mistake today, but I can count on him to do his job. You know, I respect the man. You know, um, I think that's what keeps you alive. And then that type of relationship is what helps you gain rapport and be able to influence uh, on what you were saying, Scott. Anything else you wanted to add, Josh? I think it's that balance, right? Like, just like you said, yeah. so you want to explain to the client enough of your job and your responsibility that they respect and understand when you come to them with something. So, you know, you, you want to set the parameters. Like we have, you know, uh, things with clients where we say, okay, if I say your name prior to asking you to do something, it's important. So mm -hmm. if it's, so would you like to come this way? That's fine. But if it's Mr. Smith, would you like to come this way? That's my way of saying, I need you to do this now. So establishing those little finer points that allow, you know, the professionalism to remain if they're in public or whatever, it doesn't alert anybody to a situation, it doesn't embarrass them, it doesn't, you know, uh, you know create more of a situation that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, it's about building a rapport uh, enough that they respect, hey, this guy means something, he needs something from me or he's serious and I'm going to trust that. Um, because sometimes you might be, you know, in the extreme case, closing an event down or removing them from, you know, a, 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 an important speaking um, tour or something. You know, you might be saying we're not going on the podium today because yeah. of some threat that we've determined. And they're not going to want to listen to that. They want to go on the podium. They want to go and perform. They want to go and do whatever it is. Um, so when it comes to the crunch, if they don't trust your judgment, uh, they're not going to listen to that. Yeah, they're going to push back or they're going to argue. So it's about finding that balance that they I know what I'm talking about. We'll only do these things in the right and most appropriate circumstances. Because um, you have to, they, they have to be able to trust you. And if you make that judgment call them day. Yeah, man. And then the other part, too, that I think a lot of agents don't talk about is uh, like what happens when you tell the client, sir, ma'am, you know, 
I don't think this is the best decision. We, sh- you know, we should do this, that, and the next thing. Or I usually come at them with like two options. I was like, what do you think about this or this option? That's not the crazy option you want to do. And they're like, nah, I want to go to Harlem at 3.30 a.m. in my Bentley. Are you coming or not? You know what I mean? Like, what's weird? What's your problem? You know? Um, and then sometimes you just have to do the unsafe stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, or you got to decide, do I go with my client into this cr- stupidness or not? You know, but in private security where it's like not like a government situation where like you're the professional and you have like rank and you can do things and if you they get mad at you they'll just move you to another post no in private security you wear the wrong shirt you can get fired you don't carry bags you can get fired you can be the coolest most high dude with all the moves and you just get fired because you you you, you smelt funny one day so uh something guys don't talk about is sometimes your clients just gonna be like Nah, like we're gonna go into the belly of the beast, and you're gonna hold my umbrella. <laughs> you know, and that happens. And I think that lends to a further conversation about um, integrity and 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 compromising yourself because there's yeah. a lot of people in here who would have been on tour with somebody who's uh, been buying things they shouldn't be buying, or oh yeah. You know, seeing people they shouldn't be seeing or using things they shouldn't be using. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fact. It, it happens. Um, mm-hmm. It happens more than we might like it to. Um, and we yeah. all have to draw a line. You're in the room or you're in the car or you're on the boat or you're, you know, um, yeah. in that space. And, and, and how do we deal with that? Because you. Okay, it's back to the Byron show. All right. <laughs> Looks like uh, I guess I'll just pick up with the questions where we had them, y'all. So check this out. Uh, it's great having a two-way conversation. So I hope we answered your question, Scott, about gaining rapport, client relations. Um, on what uh, uh, my main man was bringing up, eh, we'll move. We'll move on to some of these some of these other questions. Shane O'Brien, you're asking a question about basically what if a client does not want to wear a mask and. Um, you know, you're you're trying to deal with that. My advice in that situation, Shane, is that principals and clients have a tendency. I mean, we're talking about high-powered human beings here, billionaires, right? There's not a lot of no's or people that disagree with them around them. And Josh was actually already kind of talking about this, uh, about this before he before he you know had that fell off. But um, you're just gonna find yourself in positions from time to time where you're going to have to figure out where your lines are, what you're okay with, what you're not okay with. If you believe that, uh, you know, your client might be in danger, and this goes right into what I was just saying for not wearing a mask, and you try to tell them, and your client's like, yo, I'm not uh, wearing no mask today or whatever, and calls you a diaper face or something, (laughs) depending on your relationship, you know, you will just have to make a decision. The reality is they're responsible for themselves. You're there working for them and you can't really make them do it. You can't make them do any of these things. So you then have to decide like, well, I'm going to wear my mask if that's how I feel about the thing. And I mean, I'm going to do the best I can from where I'm at. And you very, very well could be dealing with something like that in this game um, because, you know, our clients are high powered CEOs. They're alphas. 
their uh, stars. The whole world revolves around them. They do what they want. You can't do it. Fine. I'll find somebody else who can do it. Who does this guy think he is telling me, you know, this Byron guy was telling me, you know what I mean? So it really quickly, things can change and spiral. So um, you give your advisories, you give your advice, and sometimes you got to play ball. Sometimes they take the direction you want. And sometimes no matter how good your relationship is, they're going to tell you to kick rocks and go sit in the back of the plane, you know? So, uh, and then you got to make a decision, you know, what's it really worth? You know, what's it really worth to, uh, to go to war over this thing? Okay, he's coming back. All right, so that would be that would be my two cents on that one, Shane. Man, yeah, they do what they want generally. What logistical issues did you run into during the initial surge of public overbuying of PPE and clearing uh, product as uh, supply for your agents' details and residential teams, Michael Rowan? You know. The biggest issue we had with PPE, Michael, is uh, finding the stinking thermometers, man. Finding the uh, thermometers that we're using, the no-contact thermometers. That was the biggest issue. Uh, but other than that, we had masks quickly. Um, to be honest, uh, a lot of my sites weren't that worried about it. So they were, like, really taking their time Um in a lot of ways, we didn't get hammered with with uh, needing to do it as quickly as maybe some sites did. So the really the only thing that really slowed me down that I was like, hey, you know, we had to go out and look everywhere for were the thermometers, brother. Yeah, man. How do you find these jobs? Bobby Williams. This is something I talk a lot about in the Executive Protection Training Day Success Package, brother. The reality of finding work in this game. And then when you start a company, finding contracts, in my opinion, has to do with widening your sphere of influences and um, being able to procure, manufacture, sustain healthy professional relationships and understanding the science of doing that and doing it from a genuine place of contribution. Bobby, um, so there's an art to that. There's a science to that. And um, a lot of it is is really what I teach in the training day program, man. It's, it's being where the professionals are, learning how to digitally market yourself, learning how to brand yourself, learning how to digitally network. Because right now, what live events are you going to go to where you're going to meet executive protection professionals? How many jobs are you going to right now where you're meeting people and you're widening your sphere of influence? When you do meet those people, how do you make a lasting impression? And how do you make sure they call you when their boss says, hey, we got a big detail coming up. Yo, cattle call, call everybody. Um, the short answer to your question, Bobby, is relationships. That's how I don't find the jobs. I've positioned myself as a specialist of executive protection, which is what I teach my uh, all the people that I train with. Position yourself as a specialist of executive protection, and then the opportunities will literally come to you. People will call you. People will reach out to you when you build your brand properly. Um, then you can do it high visibility like I do, or you can do a low visibility uh, like many other professionals I know um, do as well. So that's the short answer, Bobby. Uh, you know, a little bit of magic in there, you know what I'm saying? But there's definitely a formula to it. Um, hold on, respond to someone real quick. Uh, uh, da, 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 make sure my dude's good. 
Okay, how would, okay, let's see here. David, what you got, man? Hey, how's it going, Byron? Thanks, David, it's going good, man. It's an honor to do this stuff, honestly. Uh, man, brother, nothing going on here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Need to pick it, uh, needs to pick up. I really need some EP experience after your school. Da, 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 da. Okay, solid, man. Okay, like solid. I say, like work I, the process. I think we got you back, Josh. I can. I'm back, man. I can hear you. I can hear me too. Get that echo going. Sorry, bro. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, let's see here. Where let's were we? We were talking about values and uh, you were going to go into EP agents needed to draw the line. Okay, I think we're just having some problems with the connection down under. Uh, hey, how's it going? Okay, so you were talking about Dallas, David. I'm going to click back over to David here. So there is a reality in the executive protection game that has to do with the market you're in for services. You got to find other ways to generate work, and sometimes you have to even generate um, work around a different niche. Um, there are a lot of different techniques and tactics to do it. You got to know where to look to find the decision makers, you know, yacht companies, uh, production companies, um, stadium uh, people that run the people that are in the management for stadiums and things like that. Um, and then the reality that I find with a lot of people that ask me this question is, have you applied to all the executive protection schools in your area? If the answer is not yes, then you have more work to do. And there's no reason that we're having this conversation about not being able to find work. You should apply to every single one. And if you haven't applied to every single one and gotten feedback as to why you didn't get selected or whatever it is, um, that's where the whole battle starts, right? So that's one step in the process that I find that a lot of folks, you know, might quit a little early on. And I don't, I hate it when I see, you know, people quit early, you know, so, um, and then even going to guard companies that necessarily don't specialize in executive protection, but letting them know what you do, what you want to do, and how you can serve them. Um, uh, and how you can serve them as uh, their executive protection guy and maybe head up their executive protection department. I've done this with a few guys and it's worked in markets where there's less work, right? So just a few tips, man. But I feel you. If the market's slow, the market's slow, man. Sometimes it's just slow. Uh, okay, Zachary Forrest, do you foresee, um, and that's actually what we're talking about, the training day package right there. Um, you know, and it looks like we're offering, we're offering quite a bit off on that. Uh, so you guys should take advantage of that. Do you foresee that when border restrictions lift, that there will be a better understanding or appreciation and demand for CP or EP. Zachary, absolutely. Um, based on what I'm getting from my clients, homie, uh, absolutely, man. Um, the reality I'm seeing is my clients are like, the feeling I'm getting from the industry and from VIPs is once these borders open up, they're about to go do stuff. Like it's like everyone's pent up, the economy's pent up, everything's pent up. And I think we're gonna see a big surge in activity around um, buying and selling and business and commerce and client extracurricular activities. 
that's going to really almost be like a reset for the economy. Um, and now, granted, I don't have a crystal ball. Remember, I'm just a grunt. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, in reality, you know, don't take my word to the bank. But what I am saying is uh, I really feel like there's going to be a lot. Um, there's going to be a lot going on uh, in the near future in our industry. Ryan Paul, uh, Tyndale, how do you organize travel overseas? This is a few words, but a very big question. So I would say, Ryan, the short answer <clears throat> to that is simply just make sure I'm good. Uh, the short answer to that is relationships. Once again, all business comes down to is relationships, right? I make sure and I do my due diligence, man. I go in and I do a digital advance. I am in that country before I'm in that country, right? And this is stuff, that link at the bottom of the screen, uh, that exclusive offer you guys are looking at to join me and train with me. I actually train with you weekly for the rest of your career, live, Zoom calls, all that stuff. I go in and I do the work digitally first. I'm in that country before I'm in that country. You know, I hit up all the different online resources to research that country, find out what's going on in that country. I use my network to find out if I have anybody who's been there, who works there, who still is there uh, as an on-ground security asset, right? I make contact with law enforcement assets. If I can't carry there and weapons are required for the mission, I then leverage relationships to make sure those are in place. And then by the time I get to that country, uh, if I'm doing like a one-man advance and like the clients are coming a few days later, I try to make sure I have one day for every single day the client's going to be on ground. This does not always happen. But it's like ideal. This is what you want to train your clients to. It'd be like, yo, this is how we do business. This is industry standard, right? So I try to make sure I have one day for every day that the client's on the ground to do exactly what the client's going to do for that day. So I live every day the client's going to live before them. I walk through everything. And this is ultra like perfect world, right? It's a blessing that I'm able to pull this off. But I have had advances where I've gotten into a country, into a, where I've gotten into a country three hours before the principal. And it's just like, yo, it's just time to work. Get here, boom, hit your itinerary up. And the principal's right behind me. And I literally land in the FBO, uh, shoot information back up to the jet. The guys are three hours behind me. I'm running the FBO route to the venue. I'm doing my route. Uh, route selection and route recon on the way to the venue. I get to the venue. I set up a hasty advance at the venue, meet everybody, meet my POCs, pick out all the positions, assign all the positions to all the teammates, all the team members, come up with the ingress, egress, and uh, immediate action and emergency plans and run through absolutely everything. And then by the time they land, and then I get back to the FBO, they land in the FBO. I take them through everything that I just planned out, like hours after I planned it, take them to the venue bump from the venue after the event, but before they leave to the hotel, set the hotel up and then they come, you know, to the hotel and I'm like, yo, what's up? How, how you doing, sir, ma'am? Uh, this, you know, great event tonight. Everything's fine. And they have no idea, you know, so I'm capable of that. That also comes from the same type of plan, but the steps are just ultra shortcutted. And in training day, I give you literally 
different types of briefs for different situations, different types of advances for different situations. I show you how to do a hasty advance. I show you how to do a full operation order uh, straight up brief uh, to your team. And, you know, the differences between a hasty advance and an operation order and, and, and you know, uh, the type of advance information you give a client. So working overseas, I utilize the short answer, right? is I utilize local assets that are vetted properly. If you don't vet them properly, uh, uh, you can really have some issues. And the process for that varies, the process for that varies country to country, essentially. So, boom, let's see what else we got here. Da, 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 da. This is fun, man. This is like just shooting from the hip. This is awesome. You guys keep bringing the questions. I'll hang with you guys for a little bit more. Uh, question for Josh. Empire Protection, James. Man, Josh is in here looking to offer Certificate 3 in close protection in their own set. Higher standards in Australia. Currently, the course option. Let's see if we got Josh back. Yo, brother. Hey. Back. Awesome. Oh, yeah, no worries, Unreal. man. Sorry, guys. I, it's it's not too crazy, man. I, I it This can happen. Murphy's got an ice ice pick and a baseball bat when it comes to technical difficulties sometimes, man. So it's all good. You, you test it a hundred times and knows when it fails, huh? Yeah, of course. Yo, what would you say to James uh, Hickey has a question for you directly um, on the sidebar there, if you go down and you see it in orange. Yeah, so just for the background on this, so for you guys in America, I think you have, uh, like some places you have like a guard card or something you call it, and it's pretty low standard pretty low barrier to entry um yeah it so, is yeah it's horrible it's terrible <laughs> it's, it, it's, so, yeah. so we have like an equivalent here right so you have to have a minimum of a certificate two in security training to obtain a license in any of the states um and that's to do just basic you know sort of security uh, asset protection and, and crowd control and that sort of thing uh and a certificate three is the next step which then allows you to do like EP and surveillance and, and some other things. So on paper, it's not bad because the, the certificate two, believe it or not, the minimum required is 17 days of training. Um, and then the certificate three is like another 10 or, or 15 days on top of that. So you would think that somebody having like 30 or 40 days of training just at a base level would make it a pretty high standard uh, in the industry. But in practice, yeah. it's not the case. So... Hmm. To put to put it bluntly, if somebody comes to me and says, "I have the nationally mandated minimum certificate three in bodyguarding," as an employer, it, it means nothing to me, essentially, other than that you have met the minimum licensing requirement, um, yeah, which is unfortunate because there's some really good guys come through the the training space because you have to do these illegal requirements um, that are, are going to be really good operators or have the potential to be really good operators or or have a background that allows them to come through. But because yeah. the government requires that that level, everybody's just at that level. So I can't differentiate my certificate three from that guy's certificate three because they're the same, you know? So I think mm. what James is getting at there is that there really isn't a system in Australia of, of, of recognizing a higher training standard, even if it's not recognized by the government outlets that there's really not many options over here so a lot of guys are traveling to asia or to america or to south africa um to get those higher level professional development courses um yeah so it's a, a difficult market over here having said that um we are actually in the the middle of a development phase of um 
an online training platform which is going to cover a whole wealth of uh, security related topics uh, with video delivery and, and, and some live stuff as well. Awesome. I definitely understand that online training isn't practical training and it's not, you know, without the hands-on element, um, it, it is what it is. It's limited, but we're, we're going to look at how we can develop that um, moving forward in a practical sense because yeah, that option just doesn't exist and, and guys aren't going to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 heading over to Rodin in South Africa or over to you guys in the States to find some legitimate training. It's a, it's a real barrier. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's, in my opinion, a digital component of it is there's still so much value you can give the, you can give folks with it, man, you know, and doing it your way is it's valuable, man. Um, and granted there are certain component skills, like we were talking at the beginning of the thing. And that's kind of what inspired me to do my digital school is like, yeah, you know, I can't walk the formations with you, but I can teach you some social dynamics that'll keep you alive in this game. <laughs> like, and I can teach you, you know, some do's and some don'ts, and I can I can go over in advance with you. There's so much of it that's translatable via just instructional video that uh and and online coaching and things like that. That I was like, man, you know, I really want people to realize you can get so much out of like what's a conversation with you worth, you know, with your amount of experience to a guy who's just like trying to get in the game and doesn't know how to survive in the Australian market, you know, that's priceless. How do you put a price on that information? You know? So I just hope that people really see that value. You know, I think one of the biggest things is getting in that network. Look, we had a funny example. A couple of years ago, we were working with a quite a well-known guy on the circuit over in, um, in, in Vegas and, and LA. Yeah. And uh, we're in Sydney and, and we were driving and he name dropped the guy that, that my business partner knew. So he's yeah. quickly texting over to LA going, hey, man, this guy dropped a name. At the same time, when we said, yeah, we know that guy, he's texting saying, hey, these guys reckon they know you. So yeah. you've got two points from opposite sides of the world, both hitting this one contact up, saying, why is he asking about you? Why is he asking about you? Whatever. And we're able to verify yeah, you know, the legitimate connections. Mm. Um, it just shows what a small world it is. Like, and And... And it's finding a way into those networks that's really tough. If you don't come from a place where you have an immediate network, um, mm. you know, guys, like we're a veteran-owned business, so so we we really look hard to provide transitional pathways for guys coming into the military, coming out of law enforcement, um, to enter the private market. Something we really work hard on in in, in trying to get rid of some of that red tape um, in the government and trying to allow a pathway to a place where we understand those those challenges. Um, yeah. But if you don't have a network like that where you can say, oh, I know those guys at Empire, they're going to they're gonna look after me, they're going to direct me, um, mm -hmm. you know, how, how do you manage that? And, I, and, and we're hoping that something like a training course, you know, if it becomes a recognized center for, for um, you know, above standard training, then, then having that certificate and having, having been around that environment and, and with people like us delivering it, you know, there's a bit of relationship there and we can bridge that gap for people. Um, yeah. have a bit of a network when they come through and a, and a mentor and a, you know, that, that's one of the biggest things I think having a mentor um, mm -hmm. you know because there's going to be hard times in your EP career like guarantee the yeah. work dries up from time to time or the work gets oh, yeah. hard from time to time or you do details you mm -hmm. don't want to do you're going to go places yeah. you don't want to go yeah. um, you need that, that, that kind of support network or that mentor to direct, direct you through that space you know yeah, man. On on that same question, and actually, this is uh, we're answering Mark's question and Omar's question in terms of how can I get into executive protection. Uh, and actually, I'll get more specifically into Mark's. Um, 
But exactly what you're saying, Josh, is like, because the only reason I survived is because I had mentors. I had people that brought me under their wing and helped me deal with it, especially with a military background. Uh, for me, it was like, it was like, you know, I just got done taking over, you know, Iraq and doing crazy stuff and be, basically being, it was like Lord of the Flies meets juvenile, a juvenile facility, you know, and government sanctioned war, like war behavior. Like that was it, you know. Uh, and then I had to learn how to, you know, be corporate and be sensitive to this and sensitive to that, you know, and um, the social intelligence around it, you know. So then there's that whole like warlord to guardian thing I talk about. That's a that's a psychological whole kind of mix up, you know, and then getting used to the pace and all these little friction points coming from a military background, law enforcement background, guys, I see them kind of struggle with, can you still get the job done without a badge? You know what I mean? Without that authority, can you still grease those engines and go to a private jet airport, uh, go to an FBO and still get tarmac access without badging anybody or, you know, being the man, you know? Um, so in terms of getting into the industry, it's not enough just to have, it, it can be, but it's better for you if you have a stinking mentor and a network. Uh, these two things are invaluable. Like whatever Josh is asking you guys to pay him to get into that industry down there, uh, to have those two assets, if you're trying to get in down in Australia, pay it because having a network and a mentor is what's going to keep you alive because things are going to happen. You have perceptions about the industry and that's what I've done. That's what training day, day is. That's what that link at the bottom of your screen is all about. Uh, you have perceptions about the industry that you don't realize are and are not accurate. You're going to get faced with difficult times. You're going to get faced with a bunch of things that if you don't understand them and navigate them correctly, these things wipe a lot of people out. So my answer is, you know, I've done that same thing that you're talking about, Josh, with creating the League of Executive Protection Specialists. You get a network. Everyone's doing their career together. We call on each other. I meet with everyone weekly in a Zoom format, video conference, kind of like we're doing right now. And I continue helping people through. So essentially, I mentor a big team of people, like, a, you know, all of the, you know, students, which are really my peers in, in, in most ways. And then we continue on and, you know, you have that asset. And as people get more opportunities, they bring opportunities back to their tribe, you know. So um, and the beauty of it is it, it is international and it's, you know, it's 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 growing. We have uh, almost 200 students already. We've been doing it for just a few months, you know, about seven months now. So if you guys are, you know, I really have to, yeah, go ahead. I really have to commend you, bro, because you're taking what is a very closed market. You know, EP guys are closed. We don't want to share the networks. Right. We don't want to tell yeah. people about the job because we might lose it. You know, we don't want to add that extra guy in because now it's more competition and yeah. it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's that's, so that's wrong. <laughs> it's not right. And, and I commend you for opening this space up to people because, you know, it, it is that question, how do I get in? And that circle just closes tightly and, and you're stuck outside it. And, and it shouldn't yeah. be like that, you know? It's no. it's, not a, it's not a world we own, it's the, you know. Yeah, and there's more than enough, you know what I mean? Like there's more than enough clients, there's more than enough. And so I think it's that scarcity mentality. It's an ego thing, you know, it's a insecurity that they're gonna lose themselves. And on the, uh, the other question too, something else I think is really cool about online learning is, you go to these high-powered courses, you pay all this money for it, and then you just get left alone to do your career. So, like, 
you spend $4,000, you go to a school, I've done it, and then you learn a lot of really cool high-speed things, you're at the beginning of your career, you don't do half these things, you're on the residence for the first couple of years, you don't do half these things until like years later, and it's like, well, by then, like, hopefully you took good notes when they're like, hey, you got to go advance this, you know, thing, you know, and hopefully you have a good support system by that time. And then it's like you get that training and then it's like, bye, go be successful. The cool thing about digital uh, content is you have that instructor with you forever. Like at any time, you just go in your back office and you're like, okay, sweet. Like, I got to watch that module again. Now this is relevant. Now I'm being tasked with being on the movement team. Like, you know, I got to go play with these boys tomorrow let me brush up on the movement uh team module or interfacing with the team let me look at see what my instructors say about that let me you know so i gotta go back on the job hunt let me go and see what my instructors say about you know my resume and configuring that you know it's you keep the the learning and you don't have to pay for gas hotels (laughs) uh take a week off of work and not make money you know you can learn at your own pace most of the time you know so it's that's why I love that model. And then on-ground stuff's good, too, for what's good for them. And I think it's it's about when you get that opportunity or even when you're looking, it's got to start now. So even if you if you haven't really started the journey but you want to start the journey, yeah. it's about it's about your, your image. And I've heard you talk before about selling your branding and then creating your branding. And we get guys like – so we've got a Facebook group down here, an industry Facebook group, and yeah. uh, there's quite a few members on there. Yeah. What's and, it called, man? one example – Plug your group, man. What's it called? Oh, so, uh, so there's a group down here, Security Network Australia. Okay. There's um, okay. Okay. an Australian security forum. There's a few. Okay. Um, okay. But one thing I see, right, is these guys jumping on probably in the middle of a night shift. They're bored. They're tired. They're grumpy, whatever. And they'll yeah. put crap. Man, and they'll start arguing with people. They'll start, like, you know, being negative. themselves up or just putting a bad image. And then three weeks later... I'll get a resume email to my account from that that person, you know, and they're selling themselves. And I'm like, but I already know you. At like, okay, it might be at your weak point, but that's the image that I have now, you know. So you've you've I've seen this. You had an argument with a guy, like your keyboard worried for a little while, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> I saw that happen. Now I get this resume that says, "No, you're professional. You're amazing," but. That conflict exists and people remember that stuff for a while you know and that happens quite regularly so that, yeah. that that branding and that networking starts before you even start because you know somebody types a stupid comment on this 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 forum now yep and then a year later you run into them on a detail you're gonna be mm-hmm. like that guy you know and that guy you know <laughs> it might not be representative of who you are or what you can do but you're that guy you know mm-hmm. and it you're that guy. like yeah it's sticks and that's before you've even started, you know? So mm-hmm. you've got to be mindful like from the beginning how you interact with people. Yeah, man. And that's kind of on that. I always say like you're always selling security, man. You're always selling yourself. Your social media don't belong to you anymore, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's part of your resume, homie. You know what I'm saying? Like really, you know, I, 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 I joke a lot. I just like to have fun. I can be professional, I swear. But you got to realize – Everything you say, you're always um, impact. You're managing perception. You're managing your brand. Everything you say and do, especially online, is immortalized. You know, and like one of the things I talk about when it comes to digital networking is purposely going into those groups and adding value 
and uh, forming those relationships, commenting on things that, you know, big fish in your area and commenting effectively and intelligently and making sure that you're, you know, inclusive, you know, and you're treating everyone right because that stuff, you're, you're always selling security, you know, <laughs> or you're not, you know, and people are thinking about how you're going to impact their brand positively or negatively. It's huge. Uh, and people might have a perception. You mentioned perceptions before. People might think that, man, when I get on this detail, I'm going to be like the head PSO. I'm going to be the guy in front of the client. That's what they want me to do. They want me to save the life. They want me to take. Yeah. No, we want you to book the hotel. We want you to get the keys cut. We want you to sweep the rooms. We want you to have the advance report prepared. You know, they're things that people have that that misconception. Like you said, when you come on the detail, you're on the residential team, or you're in the third card down the back of the convoy. You know, you are not mm -hmm. the lead guy, and it's. If I get to a hotel and the events reports there for me and it's done and it's good, I'm happy. If I get there with the client and the keys are ready, the rooms have been swept, it's clean, it, it, everything's sorted, the luggage is away, I'm happy. That's a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a guy we want you know? to work with. That's the guy. That's the yeah, guy. Man. And that gets remembered. You know, you might think, oh man, I'm just doing this boring hotel report and you're ahead of the team, you're not with the boys. You're thinking, oh, I'm being left out a little bit. No, that's what we want. You know, that's. That gets remembered. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And you're you're better to work with. Well, uh, James uh, Hickey has another question about you. What would you look at as a baseline qualifications uh, for starting with uh, starting an opportunity with Empire Protection? I think he's trying to get you to hire him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> look. To to be honest with. You, have the government mandated minimums obviously we have to have those things but essentially for us we 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 don't recruit essentially like we've never really just gone out cold to to linkedin yeah, to recruitment agencies and said hey we're recruiting it's like first degree networks and then it's like if you need more a second degree network and then it's third degree networks and it's people you trust people you trust and so on um yeah we like to build relationships with people we don't essentially say hey, let's come to a job interview and then after an hour we've got a job you know, it's about let's keep in touch. Let's talk over time. Let's share some experiences. Let's have a coffee. Let's do a small job together. Let's ask around. Let's, you know, it's a bit of a process because, you know, anybody can look good for an hour, bro. I mean, we can come yeah. on here and look shiny for an hour and then tell uh, an impression, but, it, you know, is it, is it the real deal? Like, it's, it's that honeymoon phase, man. Yo, James, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to put you out there like that. <laughs> he hit back. He's like, I swear I'm not after a job. I just thought it was funny, man. Right. Yeah, no hard feelings. I was just messing around. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, I'm no. sure I've spoken to James on some of the Facebook groups before. And, and look, even <laughs> that kind of thing, like that, yeah. that interacting, that, that, that keeping it, you know, I'm aware of people who people are. They, they, they talk and, you know, it, um, you know, I see Shane's comment there. You know, Shane uh, has worked with us a number of times. Great guy. He yeah. knows everybody in the industry. Everyone okay. knows Shane. Yeah. You know, and and Shane's a guy I can go to. And if Shane says to me, hey, we've got this guy, Billy, over here, he's good. Mm -hmm. Well, on Shane's word, I'm going to I'm gonna be more likely to give that guy a shot than, um, you know, somebody that just calls up and I get about 30 or 40 resumes a week and then emailed through the website. Yeah. I work with you and whatever. It's like, cool, man. I don't know you. Like, yeah. you know, you just, that, that's one, understand how it works. It's a tough market. And, and I don't want to be that guy that just shuts the door at people. That's not what we're about. But, right. Um, yeah, you just got to keep networking. Dude, it, and it, it, it really does. Find that opinion. way. Find that way to get noticed for the right reason. 
Yeah, and get noticed for the right reasons. And that's why I say it's all about widening your sphere of relationships, high quality, specific relationships. If you can do that, you're going to have options. If you can't do that, you're too cool for school or whatever. You haven't found ways to widen that sphere of high quality people that you know that trust you. You're just not going to have options in the industry, you know, and that that's the game. That's the magic, man. That's the secret sauce. You know, it's and you hear us saying like on your boy uh, uh, Shane's word. I we call it I call it good dude credit. You know what I'm saying? So you're on the phone with one of your buddies. And I'm like, yo, what's up with this Jeff guy? And he's like, and my buddy's like, yeah, man, uh, Jeff, he's Navy SEALs, uh, ex-special forces, you know, uh, secret service, everything. And I'm waiting to hear one thing. And I don't even realize I'm waiting to hear it, actually. And I'm sure you guys use a different lingo. But I'm waiting to hear my buddy be like, He's a good dude. And the second my buddy's like, yo, he's solid. He's a good dude. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. He could have all the credentials in the world. Until my my other, my homie says something along the lines of, yo, he's solid. He's a good dude. And I call it, that's why I call it good dude credit. I'm just like not impressed, <laughs> you know? And once he puts his name on him, it's like, okay, solid. We'll give this guy a shot, you know? And it's on you if it, it's on you if he messes up too, you know? That's the ultimate. And and I want to I want to give people hope too because you can create yeah. that yourself. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. If we if we run um, a major event for a client in a big space and you got like two or three hundred arena guards working the the event space, you know, yeah, they obviously know that space better than than I do. I might fly in and I get the quick two minute tours from the event manager and then I'm out the door, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll typically look for like the best guard that I can see in the space that works there every day. I'll look around, like, who looks switched on? Who looks sharp? Who's the guy that looks like he actually cares and knows what Mm -hmm. he's talking about? And then I might grab that guy and go, hey, man, come come with me. Show me what I need to know. Answer some questions. Tell me who I need to talk to, this or that. Mm -hmm. That guy might then, based on that week's uh, or or month or whatever it might be, it might only be an hour. Right. We remember that stuff. And then we go, oh, we're back in... We're back in uh, in Perth. Remember yeah. that guy from the arena? He was amazing. Let's get him on that detail, or let's get him involved in this, or, or let's find out who he knows. Or so even the guy that might think, "Oh, well, I'm I'm just sitting on a crowd control barrier, or I'm just out on the, you know, in one of the voms watching the show," you can still <clears> have a place. You can still find a way to to make stand it matter. Out. And uh, you know, those those opportunities exist. They do, and you create them based on the way you do the work, man. Cause like for me, that's how I got into executive protection. I was bouncing and I was just doing the best I could at it. And I just decided, you know what? End of the night, I'm gonna just be a good dude, uh, clean off some tables, respectfully ask these guys to leave, you know? And they've been watching me all night from the door. They've been watching me all night from the moment I checked their IDs and brought them into the into the bar. They, I talk about it. They. You know, one of them I have on my show and I talk with him about it, Luke, right? And on an early Luke Agajani, and I talked with him on a on an earlier episode. And he's like, dude, we were watching you all night. You know, we were watching the way you did the work all night. And then when you approached us and had to kick us out, you were extremely respectful. And that's when we knew you could represent the brand. And that's when I said what I said, which was, yo, <laughs> he's like, have him do it. And the other guy's like, have him do what? He's like, have him work with him. He's like, you're a Marine? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you have combat experience? I'm like, yes, sir. And then he's like, go get these two permits 
give me a call back in two weeks and I'll show you how to make a lot more money doing what you're doing. And that, just like that, next thing you know, um, interviewing and Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills in the back of a Bentley, you know, speaking with a client and my whole life changes. So you can't despise where you're at in the industry. <clears throat> On networking, Michael Rowan says, you know, he's like, I can say firsthand that networking has helped me directly uh, here recently uh, with my transition into another company in which I met the training director of a drive at a driving course. The networking uh, earned me his the sorry networking earned me his word to uh, team and I'm aiming to get into it. Basically, hard work networking pays off. Basically, he met um, someone at a training event, which then created an opportunity. Both these examples are the same thing. Basically, I met somebody out that had the capability to help me into the industry, created that equity by doing the work well, and that created the opportunity. Michael met someone at a training operation, was a professional, operated well, demonstrated value, created opportunity through that relationship that he procured that way as well, man. So, you know, this relationship thing. And, and simple things like even for us over here doing this with you now, you know, yeah. we're, we're coming to a time where travel is going to be restricted or expensive or whatever it's going to be the next few years. We don't know what that looks like, you know, yeah. us getting on here and networking to you, you're getting on here and networking to the outside of the world. It's like now, instead of me flying a team of four over to the States or to, to <clears> South America or to Canada, like we usually would, now I'm likely to be saying, I'm just going to fly one guy and I want a local team. Because yeah. it's cheaper and I, or I can't get the permits or I can't get it sorted out, you know. Now with networking, right. I can come to you. You're going to point me in the direction of these guys, you know, and and, and vice versa. You, you want an advance done over here before you arrive? We'll just give us a call. We'll get it done. You know, th these things are the ability and it's a small world like clients travel everywhere we all know we end up in some weird places with clients man places you think you're never yeah. gonna see in your life and that's where you end up you know we we spent uh the best part of 2018 2019 in papua new guinea of all places if anybody even knows where that is it's a little island in the pacific um it's 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 mostly jungle um <laughs> it's 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 pretty crazy man but we spent a lot of time there and that's not something we we expected but going through that country, which is mostly just people living in tribal villages still, mm -hmm. it's like there's an American dude, there's a British guy, there's a German guy. Every town's got that one yeah. guy and you build your networks and you work out where people came from. And and hiking through a jungle in the middle of nowhere, I met a guy and it turns out we've got a connection uh, through another guy in London. Mm. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, it's a small world and even smaller industry once you start getting out out there man um i guess we'll do one or two more questions and then we'll wrap up it's about all the time i had uh let's see i see something from mark down here how important uh how important are hard skills in ep in the mp industry how can you explain how the ep world is expanding so two questions you want to hit it first, Josh, or you want me to get after it? Yeah, I'll take it, man. So, look, yeah. the hard skills, uh, they're important. We, we need to know you can do what you can do. You know, that, that once-in-a-lifetime event, that one time. Most guys will go their entire career and I have to defend their, their principle from a, a, a physical attack. attack. Yeah. You know? it's, 
correct. You know, corporate espionage and things are becoming the, the way of the future. And there's a whole bunch of other things like um, risk to reputation and all those other things that, that matter the most. You know, the Britney Spears famous clip getting out of the limousine, you know, that shouldn't have happened. The, the EP should have sorted that out. Yep. Um, you know, those are the things that are moving. So look, the hard skills, they're, they're important. And at our model particularly because, so I have a law enforcement background. My business partners out of special forces in the Australian Army. One of a, a couple of our executive managers are, are from corporate backgrounds, and we make an effort to blend those experiences. We don't just take the military way or the law enforcement way or just the corporate way. We look at everything and say, how's it for this specific task? What's the best option? How do we blend those three, those three cultures and methods, and, and work out take the best out of each and, and leave the rest behind? You know. Um, so look, the hard skills are uh, they need to be there, um, but like we said before, I think the soft skills are, are probably more important. Um, or equally important at least. Um, and the EP world expanding, look, it's going to expand. Uh, some things are predictable. We looked, you know, over time and we say, okay, technology's uh, ramping up, you know, travel's getting easier, so travel exists more. You know, we can do things with clients now through open source intelligence and, and, and tracking technology where you don't necessarily have to send physical bodies as much as you used to, or you can reduce team numbers or... You know, we can now pick up tracking for, for lower level uh, principles in, a, in an organization that wouldn't necessarily get physical EP, but service. now they get some level of, you know, there's all the things <laughs> that we can predict those things. The, 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 those trends are, are somewhat predictable, but I guess it's the dynamic nature of the industry. Like it, it'll take one assassination, one kidnapping, one terrorist event, one, uh, you know, major corporate espionage event that hits global media and the whole space will change overnight. Yeah. You know, and, and whether, whether the real risk assessment, whether our risk assessment says, yeah, this, this should change, or whether it's just media-driven panic that the clients start going, oh, we need this. I don't care. We need eight helicopters. <laughs> Bro, seriously, like, if, 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 if the media want to put out that everybody needs a bodyguard, then please do. That's brilliant. Yeah, um, if you guys got contacts. You know, so, so you, like, and I think you mentioned it before, it has to be dynamic, you know. It has to be, you have to be ready for tomorrow's event. 9-11 happened. In, in, in a moment and it changed the security world forever you know and and that that moment could happen again in the next moment you know yeah no i think that's that's outstanding man that's really i mean that's really you've said it you know the hard it's really hard to quantify how valuable both sets of skills are so i would say they're both absolutely paramount to being a well-rounded agent <clears throat> The reality of the game is, though, your soft skills are going to keep you in the game, keep you next to the client, keep you getting paid. You're going to use them a vast majority of the time. But when you need a parachute, you need a parachute. And there's nothing else on this planet you need than a parachute when you need a parachute. So both of these skills, my man, are paramount. But, you know, I'm telling you, you can be the most special forces Navy wizard jedi dude if you don't have soft skills the client's gonna say hey byron you know you know jeff just for some reason he just he just he doesn't really he's just not really fit you know and they're gonna come up with something to get rid of you because you're not fitting you're not able to gain cultural equity essentially or you're not able to gain that have that connection with the client and it's very much like dating you know i find sometimes you know just working with a client and trying to like get this kind of professional relationship to just be like comfortable <laughs> you know um at first it is i still to this day am a little bit 
uh, awkward and a little bit uncomfortable when I first start to be with a new client, you know, um, <clears throat> until we really get into our groove and it takes a few times. I'll admit that, you know, um, and I'm doing it all the time. You know, I'm working multiple security details a day sometimes, you know, but this is just the work, you know, those soft skills are really where it's at. Uh, I, I so think if I had any advice that. in that space is it is yeah. to work on the situational awareness over mm -hmm. the, the actual response, because yeah. you can be the best, like you said, the, 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 the Delta six guy, but in our space, we're standing around for 12, 16, 18 hours a day. Very often. Right? You can't be switched on in ready stance for 18 hours a day, right? Mm. So when we train, we know the scenario. We know we're going to draw the weapon. We know we're going to, you know, fight off the attacker. Um, in our world, you're 18 hours in, you're tired as hell, you're hungry, you're busting for the bathroom, whatever it might be. Right. And you still have to have that 360 awareness. So what my point is, is a guy with medium level hard skills, but amazing situational awareness, who gets onto that threat that five seconds earlier is probably going to have more chance at mitigating that risk than the guy mm -hmm. with amazing skills who gets hit over the head before he even knows what's happened. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I think in that space, you can you, you can kind of rule, like make up for a, a gap in hard skills a little bit by just being that guy that is super aware. Yeah. And that's actually why I focused on soft skills with the protector symposium, because everybody thinks what makes you like this BA dude is just like your physical skills. It's like, nah, dude, you understand mindset. You understand what your body will do when you're ambushed. You know what Tony Blair taught on. You understand um, behavioral uh, profiling, what Yosef Badu teaches on. Like you understand these things, bro, you're way left of bang, as they say, you're ahead of the attack you know as they say so there's so much you can do in here before you have to do anything in here um and then on the expansion of the private security industry i think you said it perfect josh it's predictable uh especially as we see these different little tectonic plates in, in our world of fear destabilization uh and and these changes that are going on around pandemics and conversations like that the basic need of security for individuals is just being recognized, you know, is <laughs> being even more validated, you know. So I guess this is where, you know, I gotta go eat dinner. You got anything else you wanna leave on that, Josh? Mate, quick quickly, man, I wanna say one thing to all the yeah. American listeners out there that are, yeah, that are heading over this way. A couple of key points, right? Because these are the the, the bread the and butter one in my side on air. every American job. Get them. We don't have escalades, we don't have suburbans. We don't have the black luxury SUVs. Don't call me and ask me to organize three black Escalades. We don't <laughs> have them. We can get you Range Rovers. We can get you Audis. We can get you Mercedes vans. But I don't think I've ever done a job for a US client where they don't yell at me at the end because we couldn't get an Escalade. There's probably four in the country. And even if mm -hmm. I bought one, it would be like a neon sign driving down the freeway saying, you know, American client in the car. So please just accept that we don't have them. It's not my fault. I haven't failed to deliver for you. They just don't exist. <laughs> Secondly, yes, we don't carry guns. We have a ridiculous law in Australia. If you can bear with this, we have a law that says you can carry a firearm to protect property, but you can't shoot to protect property. 
but you can't carry a firearm to protect life, although you can shoot to protect life. So, <laughs> ignoring, ignoring why that exists. Yeah, just, just this is the situation. <laughs> it is what it is. Again, just is what it it's is. not my fault. I, did, I didn't create this. It's not my rules. Don't yell at me about it. Oh, it just man. is what it is. Yeah. So we don't carry guns. We do carry ass buttons and handcuffs and all those other things. And, and we could probably train some attack kangaroos for you if uh, if that's required, man. But don't yell at me about it. <laughs> and, and when we say we can't do it, it's not a lack of energy or yeah. willingness. It is not possible. It is the situation. One more thing. Yeah, man. Don't get it. do don't do don't do your advances on like travel times in america at midday because it's convenient for you and then tell me that you can get from a to b in 15 minutes because guess what when you did it at midday it was 4 a.m here so it said the travel time was 10 minutes but then you want to do it at peak hour in our time and it's going to take you an hour again that's not my fault so <laughs> I don't my point is reach out to guys <laughs> reach out to guys in your network if you're coming to Asia to Australia to New Zealand to the Pacific anywhere over here wherever you go in the world reach out to local guys uh, and, and get that stuff done for you pay that little bit <clears throat> or, or tap your networks and find out who's going to help you out because so many jobs we've had from particular US clients sometimes European clients that go wrong because of their admin their logistics or their false expectations and it leaves the, the client with a bad taste the, the, you know the uh the principal's unhappy over these logistical things that you know could have just been mitigated early on so reach out to guys in a local space if you don't know the area find a guy in that space ask around your local networks we all know people globally um you know people can save our details empireprotection.com.au for for all of the asia australia the pacific um Find people wherever you go so that you can reach out and ask those questions. You can set the expectations for your principal before you leave, um, you know, so they're not upset when they land. Exactly. And it beautifully, thank you for those pointers, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. The, the Escalade thing that uh, in Europe and places like that, that's something you're going to run into guys for when you start working in that part of the world, just, deal with it and they really don't like automatics like we do either over there and like europe and other places so when it comes you might actually have to learn how to stick shift don't be like me who didn't have a father and ended up in uh brazil and this happened in ireland where i got in you know they're on the other side of the road and my other guy the advanced guy tosses me keys and he's like keep up and i get in the car and I got to drive stick shift left-handed. And my dad never taught me how to do it. So I had to figure it out on the fly. Barely made it. Nightmare. So covered in sweat, you know. Um, so nonetheless, you know, make sure you know how to drive the stick shifts and stuff. And, and, and make sure you know those things going into it. Uh, the beautiful thing about what Josh is saying is it goes right back to our first comment, which was, how do you deal with working overseas? And I was like, relationships. And <laughs> now we're sitting here having this conversation like, hey, you know, um, 
utilize local assets that you trust. And so I got something going on in Australia. I'm going to hit Josh up, you know, and I'm going to be like, hey, man, you're a recognized company. You have street credit. I'm going to make sure I understand, you know, I'm going to vet him, ask him, da, 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 da. if I didn't know who he was, I'm going to ask people who know, make sure you're using reputable companies and then leverage the heck out of those relationships. You're going somewhere, you can't carry a gun if it requires a gun. Utilize local assets. If it requires anything, you need to attack kangaroos, maybe attack koala bears. You know what I'm saying? Use those local assets, man. Relationships. Man, I saw one last good question. I want to see if we can answer. Josh, see what you think about this one. They've been listening to me talk too much, I think. Uh, we've got a guy who's got a first attempt, a first meeting with a client, potential client. Any advice? First advice, yeah. first advice, be honest, man. Um, yes. One thing I think I see all the time is people overselling and under-delivering. You're going to get found out straight away doing that. So, you know, if you're a startup, uh, I would be pitching, you know, hey, you're my only client or you're one of a very small group of clients so I can dedicate more to you. You will see more of of the higher level management guys, you know, that maybe they're dealing directly with you as the owner, as opposed to just some account manager down the, down the chain, um, sell to them that, you know, they're, they're critically important to your business because they might be one of your only clients as opposed to a company that has a hundred clients, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be pitching that avenue, but I would be brutally honest about, um, about your capabilities. I would listen to what they want. Uh, I see so many pitches go in and say, this is what we do. This is how we deliver it. This is what you're going to get listen what do they want to achieve what problem are they yeah. trying to solve don't tell them you know um what their problems are look if 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 you need to throw in maybe a free risk assessment or 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 push in um you know some value adds there like what can they what can you deliver them that somebody else isn't willing to but you you might want to go that extra mile for your first client um and to make that impression so um yeah what can you add what can you add value to um be honest. Yeah, that, that'd be my main advice. Man, that is that's awesome advice, man. Be 100% honest. Don't try to show up bigger than you really truly are. I like to manage expectations and let them. I am a relationship centric person. So I like to let them know that, hey, you know, entering into this, we're my goal is to build a longer lasting, a long lasting relationship with you. So we're I'm open to making changes and delivering the exact things that you need that fit your life that keep you as safe as possible. So I actually, I lean on, we're going into building a professional relationship together. Um, obviously these are all the different things I can do. And I think just the genuineness, because if you're not authentic, it's like, it's so detectable, you know, uh, you're going to be, I would tell you, you're going to be a little bit nervous and you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. And this is going to be uh, something that help will help you deal with what's going to be taking place in your body, possibly. But just make sure that you're the two things. Make sure that everything you offer is 100%. You can deliver on it. You know you can deliver on it. And that everything is backed up and totally legit. When you have a plan or when you know it's totally legit, you can present it with a completely with clean energy. That's like one of the main things. And then... Uh, Jeez, I forgot the other thing I was going to tell you. Yeah, well, make sure you're rehearsed. Make sure everything that you're presenting is, uh, you know, on point with uh, what you know you can deliver on. That's one thing. 
don't pretend to be someone you're not. That's definitely another good thing. And the other one will probably come back to me in a minute or two. But uh, hope we gave you some good advice. <laughs> hope we gave you some good advice on that one, brother. And good luck, man. And also realize that you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. You know what I mean? This is all a learning process. If they do accept you and they give you the ball, run with it. If they don't, pay attention to everything in that meeting and learn from it. And just accept the fact that you're really not going to get all of them. <laughs> and that's the reality of the game. And it's fine. That's how you learn and that's how you grow. It happens to all of us. you know. And one more, maintain your integrity. So like, yeah. if if you've got a set price that, that you've worked out is your minimum number and you find out some dude has undercut you for some ridiculous yeah. money that's not even legal, it's not going to work. Don't yeah. be the guy that, that undercuts to get there. If your product is worth what it's worth, you'll get yeah. it there. Don't don't start, you know, paying your guys less and, and skimping on on insurances and all the other things that are required just so you can win a contract. It's not worth it. It really isn't worth it. And the clients oh, now we're getting into another real quick raffle. And the clients that are gonna start skimping you on prices, to me that's a red flag. You know, like to me, you're maybe dealing with someone who doesn't really value security and you're maybe dealing with someone who's gonna just be kind of skimping you the whole entire time you're working for them. And it's going to be more, more work sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes. Um, and you don't want to find yourself in a place as you get downrange with that contract where you're like, I'm doing all this work for the sale price I gave them, you know, months ago, you know, and this is really not worth it because the clients that are like, that are willing to pay you for your services are the ones that will bother you less. The ones that are starting to like try to whittle everything down are the ones that are usually your worst clients. And this is as much time for you to interview them as it is time for them to interview you because you are gonna get in bed with them. And the client service provider relationship is just like the employee boss relationship. It is actually cyclical, you know. I need my employee, I need my teammates to be good, just as bad as they need me to be good to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need my guys, you know, and I need them to maintain brand integrity or I have nothing, right? And I need my clients to help me provide uh, for my team, you know what I'm saying? But they also need a service, you know? So, you know, step into it with that realization and a place of humility with that realization. And... Uh, just really try to put together the best plan you can for them and be honest and authentic about it and things, you know, and if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't keep making moves, man, keep sending rounds down range until you get accurate enough to hit something. You know, that's, that's my advice, man. Any closing thoughts, Josh? That's good, man. Look, I think to summarize basically everything we've spoken about today, um, we, we, we talked about it can be a closed industry. It can be an egocentric centric industry. It can be an industry full of, full of hot air, um, you know, and that won't change. You know, it'll be like that for a while. We can do our best. Um, and I think what you're doing over there with your, your, with your podcasting, your training, I think you're opening a space, you know, looking at the comments here, it's, it's so encouraging to see that people are engaging and, and, and um, taking the, the, the stigma out of, you know the, the the whole industry and, and and opening up a space where people feel comfortable to be involved um you know we're definitely uh, along the same thoughts down here so you know my, my phone lines are open for people 
you know, anywhere in the world, it's, it's a different country, but it's usually the same problem. So, um, you know, I think the more people that, that get in that group and start a new culture, um, we might not get rid of the old one, but we might, uh, we might create enough space where, where things can change for people. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I just threw your website down there just so people can go and check that out too. Uh, empireprotection.com, uh, .au. Um, and yeah, man, absolutely. Love what you guys are doing. And for me, man, it's the same thing. Like I survived because people brought me under their, their wing. One of the biggest things that I try to teach in my course and one of the biggest things I want to do is positively impact the culture of executive protection. So that's because, and this is something I'm passionate about. I'm trying to hang it up, but the wife told me I got a few more minutes before breakfast is done. Real quick. <laughs> let me just say, it's so much safer on a security detail when everybody realizes that cooperation is superior to competition. So like you can get on a detail and what you probably end up de really deal with dealing with on many occasions is, you know, I'm the head dude on the detail. I'm next to the client. I'm, you know, the eye guy thing. And I do the important things. And there can be this battle that's going on amongst teammates uh, to be the coolest guy, the best guy, you know, who's getting the most attention. And guys are throwing each other under the bus and guys are stabbing each other in the back, you know. And it's so bad for business because while these guys are stabbing you in the back and you're stabbing them in the back, how's the client supposed to respect you, you know? Then the client could get fed up and just wipe all of you out and bring a whole new team in. It happens all the time. Or you're destabilized constantly because you're in these firefights with the other guys on your team, you know? And kind of what I – and that's what we see on the detail size. But you also see it in the larger industry, you know, in so many different ways between businesses. What I've found is the best teams I've been on have been all about, yo – Hey, Byron, you did a great job today uh, working with me at this at the venue. Uh, sir, ma'am, you know what? I couldn't have done it without my team. The advanced guys set me up solid. You know, uh, the other movement guys made sure everything was clear. Thank you so much. You know, on the behalf of the team, you know, I say thank you. It's an honor working with you. So I'm constantly deflecting, you know, compliments or positive stuff and saying, hey, it's the team. You keep the team strong. You always give credit to the team. You take no credit, actually. In fact, if you're really good, you give credit to your leader all the time. You keep him strong so he can influence the client. So the client is like, you know, all the guys say you're a good dude. Maybe I'll listen. You know what I mean? You keep him strong. And these social dynamics stabilize your team and make it so you can all make money longer and everyone's okay. Just play your position You know what I mean, and protect each other. So that's what I'm trying to get out into the industry. That's what I'm, I try to build that dynamic inside every team I'm in. And that's what I'm trying to educate private security professionals to be able to do in details that they go to. Cause it, it's just like a win-win for everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've got a saying, man, it's, it's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. You know, we need to be in it for that long game and, and, and guys yeah, need man. to have patience sometimes, you know, I've got, I've yeah, got guys yeah. sitting in the wings, you know, that have sent me resumes or that I've worked with them a little bit here and there. Mm. they're in the wings i haven't forgot about it but the opportunity might not be there right now you know if i could give yeah. every good guy in the industry a go and, and go low i would man i'd do it today but the opportunities are, are sometimes limited particularly in a COVID world we've had to redo things you know so just be patient because it doesn't mean if you contacted me three months ago that we've forgotten about you or that we didn't care um you know it, it's it's still there but we just have to wait for that 
that right chance. And we don't want to set people up with something that, that might set them up to fail either. Like if guys have less experience, we're going to have to bring you in on a, on a scaled thing um, so that you don't fail because you don't want to fail on your first job. You know, mm-hmm. you want to get there and, 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 and it'd be over your head and then that was your one chance. So we're trying yeah. to support people. So just be patient. You know, it's it's um, it might take longer than you want, but the, the result will be better in the end. Um, yeah. But like no. you, I'm sure, man, if you could give all these great guys and girls a job today, you'd do it. But Absolutely. Not, not always the way. Yeah. And exe- executive protection is the big leagues. It's like 1% of the private security industry. So like the amount of jobs that are coming up and openings that are coming up, guys, you know, you, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's a lot of competition. You got to do a lot of things right. So yeah, man, I wish I had work for all the good dudes. I know, you know, so that's a dynamic. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. This has been good, man. Thanks for hanging with us, Josh, Josh Reeve of empire protection, man. Thanks for hanging with us. I'll be hollering at you. If I ever come down uh, under, it's an honor. It's a pleasure, man. I love your podcast. We'll keep in touch. Awesome. No, I look forward to that for sure. And all you guys that joined us, thank you so much for your time. Hope we gave you some value. Um, You know, if you guys want to train with me and join the League of Executive Protection Specialists, there is that link on the bottom of the screen. Click that link and, yo, we get 70% off right now. That's awesome. They got payment plans. We got all kinds of stuff in there um, just to make the barriers to entry lower because especially right now, we're trying to build that network, right? And we are building that network. It's pretty good. Anyways, it's an honor to do what we do. And um, yo, until the next podcast, Byron Rogers, uh, protected by nature and by trade. We'll see you guys out there. Out. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out executiveprotectiontrainingday.com and remember y'all hard skills do save lives but soft skills get you paid boom boom and to support this podcast go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our patreon account that patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible contributing to this brand what we're doing here making it so that i can bring better guests on making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an america a safer place do whatever you can contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible thanks for those contributions Yo, and before we go, you know, I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Grayman and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Ballistic Theory. You're going to start seeing a lot of stuff with me in Ballistic Theory because they got good ammo for good prices. Use Byron for my discount with those guys as well. Last but not least, Executive Protection Institute. Hey, go check them out and get your executive protection education on. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out.